Good afternoon and uh, welcome. I'm Dimitri Vassilaris. I'm guest hosting today for Jeff on 620 WTMJ. Thank you so much for joining us. It's um, lots of really, really interesting topics today. And a little bit later on this half hour, I want to talk with you about uh, Waukesha and uh, whether uh, grads should be allowed to walk at Waukesha. There's this uh, big controversy about people who owe money and uh, whether they, their kids should be allowed to bar- participate in the graduation uh, ceremony. So we'll talk with you about that. I, I actually reached out to the high school, uh, spoke with uh, someone there who gave me a lot of really good information. So I'll talk with you about that. But in this first segment, in this first segment, I want to talk with you about how safe do you feel on a bus? And not just uh, any bus, but uh, on uh, one of the buses that are part of the Milwaukee County Transit System. Now, why do I ask? I was really intrigued in uh, watching the uh, news and listening to the news over the last few days. Now, of course, the big story, a huge story, is, of course, the fire. The, um, uh, that, uh, the Trinity um, uh, fire, it was, just, it was just terrible. I mean, beautiful structure, and uh, it, it, it was a shame. But there was another story. There was another story that I found really interesting and uh, yet did not uh, see a whole lot of... Um, I don't know, not a whole lot of coverage on this. And even though this had an incredible video. And it's a story about the bus that lost control and crashed onto the campus at Marquette University uh, into uh, Johnston Hall. I looked at the video the first time. And I thought to myself, well, first, here's what I saw. I saw some pedestrians in a crosswalk, and then I saw a bus moving very quickly through the crosswalk and then making the left and then plowing into, I think it was a tree, and then into uh, Johnston Hall. And my first thought was, oh, this video, something's wrong with it. The speed's all wrong because it's, it's, it's running too fast. I'm not a technical guy. <laughs> Believe me when I tell you this, I'm not a technical guy. So, but I looked at this and I thought, no, 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 there's something wrong with the uh, either my iPhone or I pushed the wrong button or something. It should not be going this fast. I mean, clearly there's something wrong here. So I looked at it a second time and son of a gun, it went just that fast again. And I thought, well, there's got to be something wrong with the video here. This is like on, on warp speed. And then I looked at it a third time and I noticed that the people in the crosswalk, crosswalk, excuse me, were walking at a normal pace and that's when the light bulb went on above my head it was an LED by the way and it was like oh my gosh that bus really was racing through that crosswalk trying to make a left turn plows into the trees into the Johnston Hall then is when it that's when it really dawned on me it's like the bus was flying There was nothing wrong with the video. That bus was flying. And then I thought to myself, what did I just see here? Well, I saw some good things in the the sense that nobody was run over by the bus and didn't plow into other vehicles. Uh, No fatalities. You know, thank you, God, for that. And then I thought to myself, 
why was it going that fast? And it wasn't just going that fast. That alone is bad. But it was supposed to be making a left-hand turn. You're going that fast even straight down on, on any you know one street, southbound on uh, North uh, 12th. That's pretty bad. But then you've got to make a left on the eastbound Wisconsin. And wow. So the thing plows into the tree, plows into the uh, Johnston Hall, the campus there at, uh, at Marquette University. And I, I mean, thank goodness none of the pedestrians were hit because it, it would have been all over. I mean, this bus was flying. And thank goodness it don't, did not plow into any vehicles because it would have been, I think, horrific. And thank goodness it did not, did not plow into any pedestrians along the sidewalk and didn't plow into any of the students. And there were uh, roughly half a dozen or so people on the bus. And yes, there were some injuries. But compared to what this could have been, I mean, this could have been horrific. And again, it, that's what, that's what bothered me is that it did not get all that much attention in the local media. At least I didn't see it. Let's, let's put it that way. Because again, most were understandably uh, talking about the incredible fire trinity and all that. I absolutely get that. But this thing really bothered me because it said to me that maybe, just maybe, there's a much bigger story here than just a bus uh, crashing into the campus at Marquette uh, University. Much bigger story. So I started reading. I started reading um, um, the, the one story here by uh, Don uh, Beam, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Video shows wild bus speeding before crash into building on Marquette University campus. Well, that's what the headline reads, but the bus really wasn't doing the speeding as far as I can tell. Now, I want to stress, I am not singling out anyone. Why? Well, because clearly I don't have all the information. The only thing that I uh, can comment on is the video and this story in the newspaper regarding the crash. I'm not passing judgment on any person, or I'm not passing judgment on the vehicle, or the mechanics, or the bus system, or anything like that. I'm simply asking, I think, some pretty important questions. It says here that a Milwaukee County transit system bus crashed into Johnston Hall on the Marquette University campus after the driver lost control. An official said that excessive speed played a role in this. The driver's male, 59 years old, Route 12 MCTS, Lost control about 5.15 on Tuesday along West Wisconsin into Johnston Hall, Marquette University. The communications uh, officer for the MCTS said the driver said the bus was speeding up through the intersection and he couldn't slow it down. Now, according to the news story, tests of the bus after the crash have not found evidence of mechanical problems that would have caused the acceleration. Again, that's according to the spokesperson. There were three passengers and a driver. They were taken to the hospital to be treated. Uh, Non-life-threatening injuries, thank God. Five passengers on the bus at the time. The bus accelerated as it entered the intersection and then weaved onto the sidewalk. 
I think it was flying well before it, uh, based on the video that I saw, it seemed to be flying well before it came into the intersection. Now, according to the news story, the driver's 12 years of bus operating experience. The bus had been on the road for 12 hours before the crash. And drivers had not reported any mechanical problems. And the buses are inspected every 6,500 miles of operation. And a safety check was done on May 4. Now, do not want to jump to any conclusions. Because, of course, I can't. I mean, this is the only information that I have, what I just shared with you. But it does raise a lot of really interesting questions. I'm a, not only a talk host, um, guest hosting today for, for Jeff uh, here on WTMJ, um, but also I'm a, a journalist. I've been in the newspaper business a number of years. I've done a lot of stories. I've you know, broken some big national stories, including one actually fairly uh, recently regarding a big election uh, thing in, uh, in West Virginia. And one of the things that I've learned is that when you spot something, some event, whether it's connected with municipal government or some business, and you think to yourself, holy cow, how did this happen? It certainly seems to be an anomaly. That many times it's, you're just looking at one event of several events that you haven't spotted the other events yet, but it's, it's actually one of several. Now, I'm not suggesting that is the case here. Of course not, because how would I know? But I do think it raises some really interesting questions. One question is this. How safe are the buses of the Milwaukee County Transit System? They may be perfectly fine. But if the driver, let's say for the sake of discussion, simply for the sake of discussion, if the driver lost control, if it was a driver error, well, that's a pretty bad error. In fact, there are at least two errors that I, I, I think we have here. The first one is it was flying. It was flying. And the second one is that it crashed. And thereby hangs a tail. So I'm going to take a short break here and then talk with you more about it. And frankly, I would love to get on this. Now, I suspect more than a few of our listeners listen to our show, or listen to the station here, uh, on a bus. If you are on a bus right now listening, I would love to hear from you. I want to hear, is your bus driver driving safely? Do you feel safe on this bus? Have you experienced similar things like this where perhaps, again, speaking in very broad terms, bus driver maybe just went too fast sometimes um, and that bothered you maybe you went through uh, stop signs those rolling stops maybe there have been some other issues if you're on a bus right now I would love to hear from you or if you are a typical bus rider and even though you're not on the bus I'd love to hear from you as well my phone number is 414-799-1620 that's 414-799-1620 that's the Acunet mortgage talk and text line 414 799 one six twenty. If you're on a bus right now, tell me, how's the bus driver doing? I'd love to know. Give me a, give me an update. Give me a report. Um, and if you've had any sort of similar experiences like this, let me know. How safe are the buses? They may be perfectly safe, or maybe we've stumbled onto something here that needs to be examined a little bit closer. 
If you're a first-time caller to this station, you're especially welcome. Again, 414-799-1620. Good afternoon and welcome. Dimitri, guest hosting today for Jeff here on WTMJ. My phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you've just tuned in, well, first, you've missed some great radio, I must say. Uh, talking about it, it's, it's a provocative question. How safe are the buses of the Milwaukee County Transit System? And they may be perfectly fine. I have no idea. The only reason that I'm even discussing this with you is because of this terrible accident that could have been a million times worse. And frankly, I am amazed. I can't tell you how many times I saw the video. I'm amazed how fast the bus was going well before it got to that crosswalk and through the intersection. And then it was trying to make a left turn onto uh, it's, uh, Wisconsin, I believe. And it was, uh, boy, boy, oh, boy, it was just really, really bad. So how safe are they? So I've asked people to uh, call, and uh, if they're, especially if they're on a bus, tell me how safe is it? How, how safe do you feel? How's the bus driver doing? First up, uh, Linda from Racine. You're on WTMJ. How you doing there, Linda? I'm fine. How are you? Great, thank you. So what kind of experiences have you had on the buses? Well, I don't normally ride the bus. I haven't ridden it in over 20 years. This past summer, I was going to German Fest. My sister was here from out of town, and we decided to take the freeway flyer to avoid the parking hassle. The ride down was fine. The ride home was horrifying. The bus driver was probably going 75 to 80 around those turns through construction zones. I would never take another bus again as long as <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. So Linda, thank be, you so like much. Said, yeah. It was fine yeah. going down. We had a different driver coming back. They'll never see me on another Milwaukee County bus as long as I live. <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you so much, Linda. You have a great day. And I think I, this might, and I stress might, be the tip of the iceberg. My question is, and I, I certainly have no answers, but my question is, I wonder if... This is a common problem among the uh, bus uh, bus driving uh, experiences with the Milwaukee County Transit System. Um, do they come down hard on people on drivers who are uh, speeding? Uh, are do we have these types of uh, these types of issues? Uh, certainly, a lot of the bus riders uh, would know would experience that. And have people been disciplined, bus drivers been disciplined for speeding? Um, are there union restrictions that make it impossible for the uh, for management to to uh, maybe um, uh, hold them accountable? I don't know. And again, I stress there may be this may be an isolated incident, but it's been my experience. A lot of times, when you see one incident kind of suggest there may be a whole lot of others that we haven't discovered yet. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. That's all. Dimitri Guest hosting for Jeff on WTMJ. So do you think that every grad should be allowed to walk at Waukesha? The reason that I ask is because of a um, story that uh, CBS uh, 58 uh, had um, let's see, I've got it. It's a school, uh, Waukesha School District warns that students with outstanding fines uh, can't walk at graduation. And it went on and on about uh, pay up or don't walk at graduation. There's a new warning from the Waukesha School District to seniors with outstanding fees. Some parents say the district is punishing students for coming from low-income families. 
This will be the first graduation where this policy is in effect. Uh, principals have the flexibility to decide if they're going to be allowed to walk. And there was one quote in here that really got to me. Um, a, a woman uh, identified as a Mindy Pitchford who says it's class warfare. It's 100% class warfare. Um, uh, they could have a huge bill for even one school year, and so if that accrues, maybe a family has multiple kids or not in a position to keep up every single year, and on and on and on. Well, at Waukesha South alone, more than 400 students have owed money, according to this story. A senior mother uh, at one of the schools uh, said we had a balance uh, due of over $500. So during a layoff with my husband in the purchasing of a house, I'm a stay-at-home mom with one income, so it got extremely hard. Well, you can afford a house, lady. So I thought to myself, you know, let me get in touch with uh, Waukesha and see what they have to say. And I spoke with uh, uh, Terry, Terry Schuster, the director of uh, public relations and communication. She was wonderful. And her responsiveness was immediate. She was just gold. She really was. Here's here's the fact. As with many school districts, our policy states that all outstanding school fees need to be paid prior to a student participating in his or her graduation ceremony. However, no student in the school district of Waukesha has ever been denied the opportunity to graduate due to unpaid fees. It's our goal to work uh, together with families so that each student can walk across the stage on graduation day. Fees owed are communicated with families early on in the student's life not just the school year, the life. And parents receive monthly reminders with various payment options. We do work with families encountering financial difficulties, and we encourage them to be proactive about applying for waivers. It is not unusual for the fees to be mitigated within the last few weeks of the school year. It's our experience that these fees either get paid or parents who qualify for a fee waiver make the effort to do so. In other words, Waukesha, I think, has gotten pretty much a raw deal in the media here with this. And a lot of these fees, my sources tell me, have been accrued for many years. They're parents who just don't pay them. And I think that is a um, that is absolutely a shame. So thank you, uh, School District of Waukesha. Thank you, Terry Schuster. Now we know the rest of the story. Yes, you may quote me on that. After the 1 o'clock news, uh, have you noticed how close the Gaza Strip is to Mexico? We're going to talk about that. Dimitri for Jeff, WTMJ. Good afternoon. Dimitri Vassilaris, guest hosting today for Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us. Have you noticed how close the Gaza Strip is to Mexico? Well, even if you feel you're geographically challenged, uh, there's... I want to talk with you about this because this is a really interesting story that touches on so many things, not only in what's going on in the Middle East, but also what's going on on our southern border. It all ties in together. Now, at 1.23 this afternoon, I want to talk with you about President Trump. Should President Trump apologize for calling illegal aliens animals? And then at 1.43, talking about animals. My wife and I, she is a saint, she really is. My wife and I sometimes argue about the dumbest things, just the dumbest things. Like recently, we had an argument. Well, it was more of a discussion, it wasn't an argument. Because, I mean, we had a discussion about dogs, and specifically one breed of dog that she thinks is really, really cute, and I think is really, really ugly. 
And the reason I'm bringing this up is because of something that's going to be happening here this weekend. I think it's called Pugapazula or something like that. So if you, know, if you know anybody who really likes dogs, especially this really ugly kind of dog, um, you might want to have them uh, tune in here. My phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're a first-time caller, you're especially welcome. So let's talk about what we've been watching on TV and, more importantly, listening to on the radio, and that is the troubles, the killings, the protests, the demonstrations, the attacks, everything going on in the Middle East, the Gaza Strip. Right up front, you need to know this, that I am a big believer in safe and sane sovereignty of all nations, whether it's the United States, which, of course, I love the United States, but it's my, you know, it's my home, or Israel or any other country. I believe every country has the moral right to claim of sane and safe sovereignty. It has to protect its borders. If a nation, to paraphrase actually President Trump, if a nation does not have uh, borders, does it, is it even a nation? Well, what's going on in the Middle East right now, I think is fascinating. First, it's very sad because people have died, although 50 of them, according to Hamas, were Hamas-linked, Hamas demonstrators, Hamas, you know, for all I know, terrorists. So I'm not going to be weeping a whole lot for them. But I'm amazed how so many folks in the media have blamed Israel for any of these deaths. I realize that Israel is not a perfect state, just like I realize that America is not a perfect state. In fact, there is no country on this earth. There are roughly 200 countries, and I cannot name one, not one that has not had an awful lot of blood on its hands, depending on how far back you want to go and do the history and the creation of the country. And yes, that includes even Canada. Just ask the indigenous peoples how they were treated, and then ask the French how they were treated by the English, and on and on. Every country has got a lot of blood on its hands, depending on how far back you want to go in looking at its history. There are an awful lot of people in this world, usually countries in the Middle East that are dictatorships or monarchies or theocracies that absolutely hate Israel. And frankly, there are a lot of people here on the left in America who don't like Israel either. And I've never understood this. I've absolutely never understood this. You know, when we had the embassy uh, opening uh, a few days ago, in Jerusalem, the U.S. Embassy opening, there was not one Democrat uh, political figure who was there. Not a one. Shame on them. Absolutely shame on them. But I've been watching all of these uh, killings and everything going on there, and frankly, um, it reminded me a lot of uh, our issues with Mexico. And I want to talk with you about that. I want to get your thoughts. My phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. When you look at the Gaza Strip, do you think about our problems with Mexico? No? Well, maybe you should. We'll talk about that next. Dimitri for Jeff on WTMJ.
Dimitri for Jeff on WTMJ. Thank you so much for joining us. Phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Talking about how close the Gaza Strip is to Mexico. In watching all of the troubles that went on there uh, with the Israelis and uh, reading stories about all the people dying, uh, 50, 60 some odd people, and that's assuming you can believe Hamas, which I don't. I couldn't help but think that, you know, as we're watching all of this on TV, on all the cable news channels, doesn't this make the case for President Trump's wall along the southern border with Mexico? Because all the Israelis are doing is defending their territory. They have people, the, the Palestinians, and I, the vast majority of Palestinians are good, decent people. They're nonviolent people, just like the vast majority of illegal aliens are good, decent people, nonviolent people. But we're not talking about those. We're talking about the threats to the society, in which, in, certainly in the Middle East, it's Hamas and also you know, Hezbollah, but this time Hamas backed by Iran, also backed by uh, Erdogan in, uh, in Turkey. These are really bad, bad players. If you're sitting on the fence whether you're going to support President Trump's wall, if you're not sure which way to go, I have got to believe that after you saw all of that play out in front of you on TV, all the demonstrations, all the firing, all the shooting, all the de- everything, you would think, holy cow, I think President Trump is right about this wall. We need to be protected because, look, if we're not, because right now I think there's just some sort of a fence thing there, in the Middle East, this is what could happen to us. Do you think this is a strong argument in favor of President Trump's wall? I certainly do. I certainly do. And I think it's a shame that the United Nations, which is made up a large percentage of the United Nations members, are made up of countries that have no democracies, that they are dictatorships, they're monarchies, they're theocracies, they're bad, bad players. And they all seem to have at least one thing in common, well, two things in common. They, they, they um, harm their subjects, and also they hate Israel. And good for Nikki Haley, our ambassador, standing up and walking out when the Palestinians started you know, complaining about this, that, or the other. You look at what Israel is dealing with right now, and this is what the United States could be dealing with in just a few years along the southern border. It is just that close. So the idea, you know, how how close is the Gaza Strip to Mexico? Well, geographically, no, certainly not close. I mean, you know, the Gaza Strip's in the Middle East. Mexico is, you know, the, the lower third of, you know, North America. But in terms of a metaphor, they're right next to each other. What's going on today at the Gaza Strip is going to be going on tomorrow in Mexico. All the more reason to set up that wall. That wall is all about safe and sane sovereignty. It really is as simple as that. How anyone could be opposed to safe and sane sovereignty in this day and age, especially in light of what we've just witnessed is frankly beyond me. Is it beyond you? Give me a call. Give me your thoughts. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 414-799-1620. We have a short break coming up. And then 
We're going to kind of ties in with this, although it's a different topic, but it segues beautifully, I would say. And that is this. Should President Trump apologize for calling illegals animals? And if he should, to whom should he apologize? That is next. Dimitri for Jeff on WTMJ. Good afternoon, Dimitri, guest hosting for Jeff, WTMJ. Phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let me hear from you, especially if you're a first-time caller. Well, do you think President Trump should apologize for calling illegals animals? A lot of folks in the uh, mainstream media certainly think that he should. Well, if he should, and that's a big if, to whom should he apologize? I think it's a really important question. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. And then at 143, my wife and I argue about the dumbest things. And uh, what we argued about not too long ago was uh, a certain breed of dog that I think is remarkably ugly. She thinks it's remarkably cute. And there's a big convention of these dog owners this weekend right here. So we're going to talk about uh, talk about that. All right. So, oh, oh, I almost forgot. This. Oh, gosh, I almost forgot this. Uh, WTMJ Cares is back with Steve Scafidi's Salute to Service, presented by First Bank Financial. Now, during this month, Steve will share stories of bravery, heroism, dedication from the police, fire, and emergency responders that serve our community. For more information about WTMJ Cares, Steve Scafidi's Salute to Service, visit WTMJ. Com. In fact, I was listening a few days ago, and he had one on a um, EMS guy. Um, talking to the woman about her husband, he had a heart attack. He was, I don't know, they, they stopped breathing or some such thing. And it was riveting. And it, yeah, happy ending, you know, the guy's okay, and she was so appreciative. It was great radio. It really was. You've got to hear this stuff. Scafidi is doing just great work with it. Just, just great. That one especially. Oh, my God, that really got to me. All right, so I woke, I, woke, uh, I woke up this morning, excuse me, and uh, go on uh, Twitter. By the way, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. It's uh, One Dimitri Radio, and also on Facebook. Dimitri spelled with three I's, D-I-M-I-T-R-I, Vassilaris is the last name, and, um, you know, enjoy. So I'm on Twitter this morning, and I was vaguely aware that President Trump said something to the effect that illegals are animals. Again, it was early in the morning. I just woke up. I'm going, what? What? So I'm reading a tweet from his son, Donald Trump Jr., who I believe one day might end up being president of the United States. This guy's very impressive. Um, And he was going on in his tweet about how unfair it was. Andrea Mitchell, I think he was referencing Andrea Mitchell. How unfair it was that the media was mischaracterizing what President Trump, his dad, said about illegals, calling them animals. Well, as it turns out, because I started reading this, I was going, oh, wait a minute now, what's, what's the rest of the story here? I'm a big believer, and let me get all the facts before I start spouting off, you know, thoughts and you know, opinions about this, that, and the other. So I do a quick search. It wasn't hard. It was not hard at all. And I see that, turns out, President Trump, was saying was in was responding to a question that referenced this notorious drug gang, MS13, 
that has links to El Salvador, Los Angeles. I actually think it started in Los Angeles, maybe by Salvadorans. I don't know, but there's this weird connection. But it's this horrible, just awful, awful gang. What President Trump was saying is that the MS-13 illegals, even the legals come to think of it, are animals. He wasn't talking about immigrants overall. He wasn't talking about aliens, uh, whether legal or illegal, documented, undocumented, however you want to phrase it. He was calling the MS-13 gang members animals. And yet, had I not done my homework which wasn't very hard. I mean, truly, it just took a couple of minutes and boom, there it is. Boom, there it is. What well, sounds like a song lyric. Um, I would have fallen for the company line that are, that are being dished out by so much of the media, saying, well, President Trump called the illegals animals. Well, technically, he did. I mean, that is literally the truth, because the illegals that he called animals were MS-13 members. I thought that was so unfair. Look, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I'm a life member of libertarian party. I, I don't have a dog in this fight regarding Republicans and Democrats, Trump or Hillary or whatever. I voted for Gary Johnson. I vote only libertarian. I, don't, I know we don't win many elections. <laughs> that's probably a good reason for that. But that's what I do. I vote my principles. I sleep well at night, unless I drink too much coffee, in which case I'm up going back and forth to the bathroom, which is a whole different story. You don't need to hear that. So I did not vote for candidate Donald Trump. I did not vote for candidate Hillary Clinton. But I do think it is so unfair what the Eastern elites and so many in the mass media are doing to this guy. And again, I did not vote for him. This is so unfair. And this is just the latest example of this. Calling illegals animals. Well, yes, technically he did. The illegals who are members of MS-13. Who's going to disagree with that? <laughs> well, apparently a lot of the people in the media disagreed with that. They're going on and on about, oh, this is awful. This is terrible. It's just that they're losing their minds, these people. They're just losing their minds. But I was thinking, well, okay, he did call illegals animals, the MS-13s. So if he should apologize, and people in the media are actually calling for this. Are they actually saying that President Trump should apologize to gang members, MS-13 gang members? Is, is that what they're saying? This Trump derangement syndrome, I swear to you, they have lost their minds. They have simply lost their minds. You know, I was just thinking maybe President Trump should apologize to PETA for calling MS-13 gang members animals. Dimitri for Jeff, WTMJ. Oh, I feel that breeze coming off the lake. I love spring. Dimitri, guest hosting for Jeff. Hey, there's new information on a fire that destroyed a historic uh, church in downtown Milwaukee. John McCure and Melissa Barclay have the very latest at 4.30 today on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. My phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Please give me a call. Love to hear from you talking about President uh, Trump uh, calling illegals animals. Turns out he was referring to uh, MS-13 gang members. And yet the media, the Democrats, they're all going on and on. Oh, he's calling all illegals animals. No, of course he's not. But who should he apologize to? Well, you know, he might want to. He might want to apologize to PETA. Let me, let, me, let me explain. But as long as we're going along with this whole animal theme at uh, 143 today, 
I'm going to talk with you about uh, my wife. Uh, my wife's a lovely person. She has Trump derangement syndrome. So we argue about different things. She's usually wrong. I'm usually right, which you would expect. Um, but recently we argued about uh, a breed of dog. Yes, a breed of dog that she thinks is incredibly cute. In fact, a lot of people think is incredibly cute. I don't. I think the dog's, well, really kind of ugly. I don't get it. Normally, I wouldn't even be talking with you about this, but this weekend, here, there's going to be this Pugapalooza thing uh, where all these dog owners are going to bring all their little ugly dogs, and uh, I wanted to talk with you about that. It, it, it Get some feedback from you. Am I losing my mind? I, I need a reality check is what I need. That'll be at uh, 143. But uh, back to this. By the way, I have a line open. I'd love to hear from you. It's 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. Dimitri for Jeff. So should President Trump apologize to PETA for calling MS-13 gang members animals? Well, just, just, just hear me out. I think animals get a, uh, a bad rap. I really do. And this is a great example of that. I watch Animal Planet, and I've learned a little bit about animals. And I must tell you that even the worst animals behave a whole lot better than any kind of gang member with MS-13 or anyone, anyone else. When you call somebody an animal, that does a disservice to animals. It really does. It really does. Animals, they're, they're typically, they're not going to bother you unless it's there one of two issues going on unless one you look like dinner or two you look as if you are a threat you're threatening the animal you're you're stepping on the animal's territory if you if you aren't dinner and if you're not trespassing animals typically are perfectly fine they'll leave you alone you got to stay away from them you got to respect who and what they are but they're perfectly fine. Animals are a whole lot better than human beings in many ways. Because humans, humans like with MS-13, they like torture. They like killing for the sake of killing. They like terrorizing. They do a whole bunch of things that no self-respecting animal would ever do. Because animals aren't wired that way. They're wired to eat and sleep and reproduce, and it's, it's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So I'm wondering if, uh, if President Trump should apologize to anyone. It would be maybe to PETA for uh, calling uh, MS-13 gang members uh, animals. Now that's, actually, that's actually too good a thing to say for a gang member. Animals don't really do a lot of bad things to people unless they are provoked into doing them. Whereas gang members and the rest, they do horrible things. So I don't think you should be calling them animals because it's unfair to animals. I, mean, I know that sounds a, a bit unusual, but I, I actually think this. I really do. And uh, this whole Trump derangement syndrome, it continues to just fascinate me. I mean, it, it's as if, and again, I did not vote for candidate Trump. I did not vote for candidate Hillary Clinton. I voted for Governor Gary Johnson and Governor Bill Weld. But it is amazing to me, as a disinterested third party, just as an observer. I mean, I'm just sitting back in my chair, and I've got a big bucket of popcorn. I'm eating it, watching the show. And the, the animus, the hatred that you see every day on some of these channels, even on the Fox News channel, Shepard Smith, 
despises President Donald Trump, and for the life of me, I don't know why. I have no earthly idea why, but the venom that comes out of Shepard Smith's mouth anytime he starts talking about Trump is unbelievable. It is just unbelievable. So many of these people are suffering from this thing. For example, one of the supposed uh, big stories has something to do with President Trump's lawyer, uh, Cohen, who may have taken money to um, from people who wanted to uh, essentially uh, uh, get a seat at the uh, table, uh, get, uh, get the president's ear. You know, the way lobbyists do it all the time on K Street. No, to me, it's no big deal. I mean, everyone's been doing this for like a million years, all the way back to, you know, President uh, Ulysses S. Uh, Grant, where this whole uh, lobbyist thing, the, the whole phrase actually started. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, President Grant would sit in the lobby, I think it was the Willard Hotel, and um, the different people who were representing different interests would try to meet him in the lobby, uh, trying to curry favor and to get different deals and all this kind of stuff. And that's how the name lobbyist came about. I believe it was the Willard Hotel. Anyway, um, what the president is um, supposedly dealing with here with the media, they're saying, oh, this, this Cohen guy, and this is terrible, and you know, now he's given money to Cohen to pay off uh, this Stormy Daniels, this, this stripper, or uh, adult film star. And by the way, what exactly is the difference between an adult film star and a prostitute? And the reason that I ask, um, I'm a libertarian. I think virtually all victimless crimes should be repealed. But I've never understood the difference between a prostitute and an adult film star. Because in each case, typically the woman, the woman gets paid to have sex. The only difference is if the woman is paid to have sex in front of a camera, that's legal. She's an adult film star. But if there's no camera, well, then that's prostitution. I've never understood that. But then there's so many things I don't understand. <laughs> Just so many. Okay, we're going to take a short uh, break here. And then, are you a dog owner? You love all dogs? My wife, she's such a big heart. She loves all dogs, cats. She loves everything. We had this big discussion about what I believe is one of the ugliest breeds I've ever seen. I'm sure they're lovely dogs, but they just look to me hideous. It's sort of like, has, has somebody ever showed you a picture of their baby? And you thought to yourself, you know, that baby is not cute. But what do I say? Because some babies aren't cute. Anyway, I'm going to talk with you about that. Get your thoughts, because there's a big deal event coming up this weekend. Owners of this particular breed that I find to be, um, um, well, not, not, well, they're kind of, the dogs are kind of ugly. My wife disagrees with me. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. I don't know. Phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dimitri Guest hosting for Jeff on WTMJ. The Brewers uh, take a breather as they head back to the Midwest to wrap up their 10-game road trip. They're back at it Friday as they take on the Minnesota Twins at Target Field. Jeff and Lane are on the call, and our crew brew coverage, uh, crew brew, did I actually say crew brew? <laughs> and the Brewers coverage uh, kicks off at 6.35. I'm just an idiot. What can I tell you? Uh, Dimitri, guest hosting for Jeff, and how's your afternoon going for you? Uh, my phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. All right, let me tell you about my wife. She's a lovely person. She's a heart, uh, a heart of gold, 
absolutely a heart of gold. I tell people this, this is God's honest truth. If there's a heaven, there's a space reserved for my wife. She is that good a person, even though she's a liberal, even though she loves Hillary, even though she has a bumper sticker on our refrigerator that says resist. She was actually at the Women's March, although thank goodness she did not wear one of those pink lady part hats or else I would have divorced her like that. Well, not really, but it sounds impressive to say it. We disagree about a lot of different things. One of the dumbest things that we've ever really argued about is uh, beauty. Not regarding people, but regarding animals. A dog. My wife thinks that this certain breed of dog is impossibly cute. Just impossibly cute. And I think it is anything but. I don't get, I mean, I really, honest to goodness, don't get this. The dog is, uh, the breed is called a pug, P-U-G. It's a little dog, and I'm sure they're lovely, sweet animals. No one is, is, is suggesting otherwise. But they look as if they ran too quickly into a glass door, and their face was just kind of scrunched up. Their eyes are kind of out on either side. They tend to slobber. Uh, and yet my wife and many other people, many other people think they're just impossibly cute. And I don't see it. I just don't see it. It's sort of like, this has ever happened to you? Somebody wants to, they take out their phone and they say, hey, I want to show you, I want to show you pictures of my kid, our new baby. Or sometimes it'll be like grandparents or aunts and uncles going, oh, look, 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 my new niece, my new nephew. Look at this, look, just take a look, look at this, look at these, look at these 50 pictures. Or you go on Facebook and oh my goodness gracious, new baby pictures are almost as bad as all these cat pictures. And most babies tend to be pretty cute, usually, but not all of them. And so what do you say when someone says to you, oh, look at my cute little baby or my cute little niece or nephew. Look, isn't that a gorgeous baby? And the baby's not cute. What do you say? Well, do you lie? Well, I can't lie. So instead of saying, well, that's a really cute baby, oh, adorable baby, when the baby isn't cute and isn't adorable, I learned this, actually, from some dear friends of mine a long time ago when I lived in, uh, in Tampa. She suggested to say this. She said, you know, when you, you see a picture of a baby and it's not cute, just say, that's some baby. Because you're not lying that way. And, of course, what the person is going to be hearing is, oh, he loves my baby. He thinks it's cute. He said, that's some baby. Well, I'm not saying it's cute or else I would have said it's cute. That's sort of how I feel about pugs. That's some little dog you got there. Not cute. Not cute at all. So why am I talking with you about uh, pugs? Well, because there's this big deal event. The 14th annual, in fact, I've got it, uh, I've got it right here. The 14th annual Milwaukee Pug Fest, or Pugabazula, or something like that, is um, going to be happening. Six-hour event celebrating the chunky, snorty, and sweet-natured breed. That's the way this thing is, uh, is written. It's the uh, largest celebration of pugs in the country. It'll draw pug lovers from all across the country, attracting more than 3,800 humans and over 2,100 pugs, pug mixes, and other smooshy-faced breeds. Help me understand why anybody thinks this is a cute dog. Can you name, I can name like 50 other breeds of dogs, including most mutts, 
that are much cuter uh, and, and, than, than a pug. But I'd like to get your thoughts. Do you agree with me? Or do you agree with my wife? If you could help me understand, I know they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and apparently so is, it applies also to uh, two pugs. But with this big event coming up in uh, Milwaukee this weekend, a six-hour event, can you imagine Sunday at the Milwaukee County Indoor Sports Complex in Franklin? Help me understand. The, the pug hotline is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. It's also known as the uh, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, if you're a pug owner, help me understand. I could think of other breeds that I think actually are really nice to look at, like uh, golden retrievers. And they're always so happy. Irish setters, they're, they're very nervous. They look beautiful, though. Uh, it just goes on and on. And I am speaking from personal experience regarding uh, babies and you know that aren't cute. I, for example, was not a cute baby. I know you find that, you'd find that hard to believe, but believe me, it's true. I was 10 pounds of uh, flesh and anxieties, and I've got the pictures to prove it. So I, um, I'm not uh, pointing fingers. I'm just saying I don't understand this pug thing at all. Maybe you do. Give me a call. 414-799-1620. Why do people think they look so darn cute when they're anything but? Dimitri for Jeff, WTMJ. W277-CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ. Dimitri for Jeff, thanks so much for joining us, talking about pugs and why some people think they're so gosh darn cute, because I think they're so gosh darn not cute. Uh, Danny, West Alice, you're on WTMJ. How you doing there, Danny? Hey, how you doing? All right, you know, thank you. Help me understand. What is the deal with pugs here with this 14th annual Milwaukee Pug Fest coming up Sunday in Franklin? I do see your point to a point where I think the, the ugliest dog in the world is the Sharpay. And oh, they look like right. basically a wrinkled beach towel with a face. Yes! <laughs> now, the pugs, okay, I'll give it to you. That, yeah, they're pretty ugly, but they're supposedly really good-natured. And the other thing that I mentioned to your producer was that they almost always, whenever you see a dog in a movie, they're usually mm-hmm. a pug. You know, if you're thinking like the kids' movie, Milo and Otis, okay, the dog was a pug. You remember Men in Black? Uh, there was yes. a dog wearing well, that's a T-shirt. Right. Yes, yes. Why? Why are they? What? What's the deal with pugs and 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 films? Well, you know what. I would say it's not, not only pugs, but just animals in general. People, for some reason, are idiots where they think that, like, for example, with uh, the Harry Potter series, okay, Harry Potter had a pet white owl, a snow owl. So everybody mm-hmm. thought, oh, well, gee, that would make a great pet. Yeah, so your kids are getting carried off by it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there's that downside. Hey, Danny, you are a great caller. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Got to fly. Diana from Oconomowoc, you're on uh, WTMJ. How you doing? I'm doing well, and yourself, sir. Great, thank you. Help me understand this whole pugalicious thing. Okay, first of all, you're married to a good woman because she knows what she's talking about. Okay? Well, she is a good woman. She, look, I don't deserve her. That's one of the few <laughs> things we actually agree on. I mean, really. 
So we got about yeah. 30 seconds. Convince me so, that pugs sir, aren't so the ugliest dogs had, in the history of dogdom. We had, we had a 14-and-a-half-year-old 14 um, lab that we adored. And then we ended up, um, after he passed, we ended up getting our pug, um, Mr. Pinkle. And I was not a fan of pugs. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, I, don't, don't bury the lead. Whoa, whoa. What was the dog's name? Pinkle. We call him Mr. Pinko. Mr. Mr. Pinko. Pinko. And he is naughty and smart and as cute as can be. Now, I granted, there are our pugs categorized like babies. You have cute ones and you have some that really, you know, have to outgrow their looks. But um, <laughs> Pinko is the most cutest little pug and smart little guy. And unless you have one, you can't even understand how cute and adorable he is. Well, that's then then we'll never have one. I, I, I can tell you that I've got to move on. But I thank you so much for your call, Diana. God bless you. I appreciate it. Mr. Pinko. <laughs> I love that name. A pug named Mr. Pinko. I can't even. I can't even. Uh, after the news, uh, if your parents are covered by Medicare, are you sure their doctors are licensed? Journal Sentinel has a really good story I want to talk with you about. Scary stuff. Dimitri for Jeff, WTMJ. Good afternoon, Dimitri, guest hosting for Jeff on WTMJ. If your parents are covered by Medicare, are you sure that their doctors are licensed? A great report in uh, the newspaper today, the uh, Journal of Sentinel, uh, the headline is Doctors Continue to Collect Medicare Funds Despite Injured and Dead Patients. This is, I couldn't believe what I was reading this morning, getting ready for the show. I couldn't believe this. So I'll talk with you about that. Then at 223, this uh, Wisconsin Minority Report Program by the Wisconsin Department of Corrections. It's software that tries to predict which criminals are most likely to commit future crimes. Some are saying that the whole thing is flawed and it doesn't really, not really understood and it might be racially biased. Well, what I happen to think is a lot of our victimless crime laws are racially biased. I want to talk with you about that. That's at 223. If you care about the incarceration of so many millions of Americans, people typically at the bottom of the food chain, blacks and Hispanics, uneducated, whatever, you really need to hear this at 223. Then at 243, Governor Walker floated this idea. I don't know how much thought he gave to this. He floated this idea about splitting up the Milwaukee school district. Apparently, it's uh, dysfunctional. And he said, well, it may be time to shake things up. Well, if it's as dysfunctional as it appears to be, at least to me, an outsider, if it's really that dysfunctional, why would you want to split it up? Wouldn't you want to end it? I mean, is that what they do in business? If it's a failed business, you don't split it up in the different parts. No, you, you shut it down. So we'll talk about that at 243. If you care about public education and if you care about your tax dollars, that'll be at 243. But in this first segment here, I've got the story from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The headline is, Doctor Continued to Collect Medicare Funds Despite Injured and Dead Patients. And it's a story about this, this doctor. But the thing that got to me, individual doctors, eh, I don't care. It's a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel MedPage Today investigation. At least 216 doctors 
who remained on Medicare payment rolls in 2015 were there despite surrendering their licenses, having licenses revoked or being excluded from state paid health care roles. All in all, those doctors, those really sketchy doctors, were paid $25.8 million. One of the people quoted in this story, a professor at uh, Oregon Health and Science University, he said it makes no sense to continue enabling any doctor who's doing harm to patients. I want to add to that, well, duh. And yet here you've got 216 of them who remain on Medicare payment rolls despite surrendering a license, having one revoked, or being excluded from state-paid health care rolls in the previous five years. And I'm going, what's going on here? What is going on? So um, I'm going to encourage you to read this story, this, this um, investigation, the Milwaukee Journal uh, Sentinel med page today uh, investigation. I, I, I was dumbfounded. You know, I'm a libertarian. I'm a big believer in the Bill of Rights, uh, including, of course, the Second Amendment. And I get so sick and tired of hearing the gun grabbers say, well, the gun owners, they're the biggest threat to our, to our health. It's a public health issue, this, that, and the other. And I point out to them that it's my belief, right? nothing more than a gut feeling. My belief is, my gut feeling is that bad doctors and bad doctoring by good doctors, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. My goodness, even I make mistakes. No, really, I do. My theory, my belief is that even good doctors make bad mistakes. And that the medical profession, I have to believe, and I cannot back this up with fact, but I have to believe that the medical profession has done more to take innocent lives than all the gun owners in America combined. If you care about public health, the number one threat to public health, I know that the shootings get all the headlines, and understandably so. But I always thought that, you know, bad doctors seem to get, you know, pretty good, um, they get a free ride. They get a free ride by the media. But I happen to believe that bad doctors probably do a heck of a lot more to take innocent lives than all of the gun owners combined. That's just a gut feeling. And, and when I read this story about this investigation, all these 216 of them, and they were paid more than almost $26 million. I'm going, what the heck's going on here? Because they're paid this by our government. Our government's supposed to be looking out for us, supposed to be protecting you, and more importantly, supposed to be protecting me. And yet it doesn't seem to be doing its job at all. This is unbelievable. So I hope you have a chance to read this story. I'd love to get your uh, thoughts on this. Have you ever had to deal with a doctor who should not have been licensed? Or maybe he was a good doctor, licensed, and just really really screwed up you hear all the stories about you know gun owners accidentally shooting themselves and you know hitting other people or the gun sh you know the, the gun battles back and forth in chicago and all that you don't hear too much about all the bad doctors who have killed so many people you just don't hear about them and i i think it's time we 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 do i really do 
I'd like to hear from you. 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dimitri for Jeff on WTMJ. Dimitri guest hosting for Jeff 223, the Wisconsin Minority Report. Racial bias? Well, I think a bigger issue here is racial bias in the victimless crime laws. We'll be talking about that right now, talking about doctors who really shouldn't even be allowed to have licenses. This story, this investigative uh, report in the journal Sentinel, I think is terrific. The headline is, Doctor Continued to Collect Medicare Funds Despite Injured and Dead Patients. And he's one of at least 216 doctors who remain on Medicare payment rolls. Uh, despite surrendering licenses, having licenses revoked, being excluded from state-paid health care roles. According to the Journal Sentinel, his name is Cyril Rabin, and he left a trail of dead or harmed patients across the Midwest. Jerry Evans died in 2012 in Ohio after spinal surgery by him. Um, It goes on listing other horrible, horrible things. All three cases, the doctor and his insurance company reached settlements that paid out undisclosed amounts despite his troubled record. Rabin received more than $1.3 million from Medicare from 2013 to 2015, the most recent year available. Most of that, 874000 came in 2015, the year after he surrendered his medical license in Ohio, according to the Journal Sentinel MedPage Today analysis. He is one of 216 doctors who remain on Medicare payment rolls in spite of their horribly sketchy uh, past. Raymond agreed to surrender his Ohio, excuse me, Ohio license in the face of discipline there. What he did to prompt the action is not clear. Get this. The medical board won't release the records. Because there was no hearing, by law, the details of his case must remain confidential. That's according to the Ohio board spokesperson. The permanent surrender is an effective and definite tool to get doctors out of practice immediately but not to get them out of practicing everywhere. So even though some states took his license, Pennsylvania, Missouri, Texas, Illinois, Minnesota, apparently this guy is still practicing in Arkansas. <laughs> yes, he's practiced for years. Uh, his license there is not revoked. This guy is still carving up people. So read the uh, story. Um, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel MedPage Today investigation. Doctor continues to collect Medicare funds despite injured and dead patients. Have you had problems with bad doctors? Have you tried to do something about it? Maybe you're a good doctor. Maybe you're a patient who's tried to clean up the industry. Maybe you have some role in the medical field. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear your story. My phone number is 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Call me. I have a line open. It's reserved for you. Call right now. Stat. That's a medical term, stat. I know that because I watched a house, and sometimes they'll say stat, and people start running, so I'm guessing it's something serious. I may be completely wrong. You never know. All right, first up, uh, Dan up north. You're on WTMJ. How you doing there, Dan? I'm doing well. Okay, I've is stat is that something? Yeah, I, I've been an RN for 26 years. Mm. It is a, a CYA organization. Their doctors mm. will never be at fault. Administration will not. It, um, if they're federally protected, if there's an investigation that the 
um, results don't have to be released. Doctors well, how, rarely how, want to how can the public, that other doctor. How can the public learn if you're telling me the, the law is that the doctors can hide uh, behind a... Um, uh, you know, uh, can, can hide their misdeeds. How's the public ever going to learn? Good question. It's a business, remember. They're well, in yeah, but a, money. A, a, but, you know. So hospitals will not back their patient. They will back their physician. This is unbelievable. How long have you been an RN? 26 years. Oh, my goodness. Um, how many bad doctors have you seen? Two, three, four, how many? Luckily, it is a minority. There are a lot. But I, through the years, I've seen a half dozen that shouldn't be practicing. Oh, my goodness gracious. Dan, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it greatly. You have a great day. Dimitri for Jeff. What we have coming up here after this short break is uh, regarding this Wisconsin minority report. Uh, they're saying that there's a lot of a racial bias. It's a part of the Wisconsin Department of Corrections. Bottom line here is this. As a libertarian, I am deeply, deeply concerned about the incarceration rate of our fellow citizens here in America. Our prisons are overflowing with nonviolent offenders. And I think that is terribly unfair, especially to people at the bottom of the food chain. Minority members, uh, people who are uh, not well-educated, uh, who, uh, again, for police, it's low-hanging fruit. And there is a lot of racism. But I don't think it has to do with minority reports so much as it has to do with our victimless crime laws. I'll explain that next. If you want to join in, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Dimitri for Jeff, WTMJ. At 2.43, Governor Walker is saying, well, maybe we need to split up the Milwaukee School District. Well, I say if it's a uh, dysfunctional, failed system, why do you want to split it up? Why wouldn't you want to shut it down? So we'll be talking with you about that at 2.43 today right here on WTMJ. Dimitri, uh, guest hosting for Jeff. I, I have a story here about this Wisconsin Minority Report program. And is it racially biased? And this is not a policy wonk thing. Don't, don't let your eyes glaze over going, oh, man, this sounds going to be like a really boring segment here. No, 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 it's not that at all. This uh, software is used by the uh, Department of Corrections, State Department of Corrections, and it tries to predict which criminals are most likely to commit crimes. Um, and the word is, at least some of the critics are saying it's flawed and it's not fully understood. The COMPAS program, that's an uh, acronym, C-O-M-P-A-S, stands for Correctional Offender Management Profiling for Alternative Sanctions. It's owned by a private company, North Point, and uh, they have this algorithm, but it's a secret. It's a secret. Don't get me started on algorithms with, you know, soft, with uh, uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter. Don't get me started on algorithms. Those things drive me crazy. And um, 
this, this one woman, uh, Lynette McNeely, uh, she's with an advocacy uh, organization. She's concerned that the future crime assessment, sort of like that film in the 2002 Minority Report, uh, might have a racial impact and could undo decades of work to fight institutional racism, uh, affecting how probation agents and judges make decisions about a person's freedom. All right, now right up front, I am not a... Uh, progressive. I'm not a bleeding heart liberal. I'm not a lefty. None of that stuff. I believe that uh, when you harm other people, you should be made to pay. I have absolutely no problem with that. But I have a big problem. When you are made to pay when you don't harm other people. In other words, most victimless crime laws. I think the real issue here is not the Wisconsin Minority Report or about the algorithm. The reason, I believe, that so many of my fellow Americans, many of whom happen to be black and Hispanic, who are poorly educated, who are uneducated, who are the people at the bottom of life's food chain, the reason, I believe, that so many of them are in prison for nonviolent offenses is because our victimless crime laws are in essence racist. By that I mean, if you're not harming another human being, if you're an adult and you are engaged in something voluntarily and you're not harming another human being, why should you risk going to jail? just because somebody else disapproves of how you are living your life, as long as you're not harming another person. I think one of the biggest problems in the history of our country regarding uh, civil rights violations is the war on drugs. And I'm in very good company here, whether it's the former publisher of National Review, William F. Buckley, whether it's uh, my beloved uh, libertarian uh, economist, Milton Friedman, and so many others, so many others who are not leftists at all, think that the war on drugs is a monumental failure. It's essentially prohibition. Our, our generation's prohibition. Our government did not learn its lesson from prohibition back in the 1920s. They finally repealed prohibition back then, in the early 30s. But now we've got prohibition. This war on drugs has been going on for 50 years. How's that been working out for you, America? And our prisons are overflowing with Nonviolent offenders who have violated drug laws. Now, I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke anything. I don't use illegal drugs. I'm not into any of that stuff. But some other people are. And if they choose to smoke weed or to take this substance or that substance or whatever, well, as long as they're not harming other people, then I don't see what the problem is. I don't see why they should be losing their freedom and be incarcerated. So many of our victimless crime laws, I believe, whether intentionally or not, are designed to try to control and to, well, essentially control the people at the bottom of the food chain. We don't like the fact that some of them gamble in back alleys with dice. We don't like the fact that some of them smoke weed. We don't like the fact that some of them do X, Y, or Z, even though it's all voluntary among consenting adults. We just don't like that. 
So we're going to arrest them. Oh, look, there's a broken taillight. Let's pull him over and then let's see if we can uh, throw him in jail. I think that's the real problem. I really do. I really do. I want to hear your thoughts. Call me. Let me know. Have you noticed how so many poor people are victims of our victimless crime laws? We're going to be talking about that. Dimitri for Jeff, WTMJ. Dimitri for Jeff on WTMJ at 243. Governor Walker's floating this idea about splitting up the Milwaukee school district. Well, if it's that bad, and a lot of people certainly think it is, why would we split it up? Shouldn't we be shutting it down and starting over? And I mean starting over. We'll talk about that. If you care about public education, if you care about your kids, if you care about your taxes, you really want to listen to this. That's a 243. Right now, though, I'm talking with you about this Wisconsin Minority Report. The Wisconsin Department of Corrections is dealing with a private company, North Point, uh, that has this algorithm uh, with this program that supposedly is going to predict which criminals are most likely to commit future crimes. And their advocates saying, well, this is wrong. We shouldn't be dealing with this. Well, yeah, but you're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong thing. As a libertarian, uh, this is an issue that is near and dear to my heart. Anytime an adult chooses to engage in any kind of behavior that does not harm other people, I don't understand why that person should risk being incarcerated. I, I just don't understand it. I've never understood this. I've absolutely never understood this. If you really want to reduce the ridiculously high incarceration rates here in America, in our prisons, in our jails, I'm going to strongly suggest from the bottom of my heart that you seriously consider repealing most of the victimless crime laws. If an adult chooses to use an illegal substance, whether it be weed or something stronger, even though I don't touch any of the stuff. As long as he's not harming someone else, why not let him do it? And if he wants to sell that to another consenting adult, why not let him do it? If a consenting adult wants to engage in gambling in the back alley, rolling dice, as long as he's not harming anyone, why not let him do it? If adults want to engage in a transaction, trading money for sex, if they're consenting adults, why not let them do that? If a person wants to do anything, anything in this country, as long as he's not harming other people, if he's an adult, why not let him do that? If we simply repeal most of the victimless crime laws, a lot of these things go away. A lot of these problems go away. And frankly, we'll have a lot fewer people in prison, certainly a lot fewer poor people, blacks, Hispanics in prison, because the police, and again, this is not their fault. They don't pass the laws. They have to enforce the laws. That's why we call them law enforcement. Well, of course, they're going to go after the low-hanging fruit. They're going to go after the easiest people to, to arrest. And if they see somebody with a broken taillight, again, another victimless crime, they can pull the car over and then check to see if that person maybe has a gun. And again, if it's an adult and he has a gun, but he hasn't harmed anyone, why make a criminal out of him? But the way the system is set up with so many of our victimless crime laws, 
we can't help but end up throwing so many of these people in our prisons. I mean, think of the wasted lives. Think of the wasted lives. Again, I'm not a bleeding heart liberal. I am not. As a libertarian, I actually believe in individual liberty and individual freedom. And that's something that a lot of Republicans and Democrats actually don't believe. Oh, they'll give lip service to it. But ask them, would you be willing to repeal virtually all of the victimless crime laws? Most of them will tell you no. We've got to control those people at the bottom of the food chain. We don't want them gambling in the back alleys. We don't want them smoking a crack pipe. We don't want them, you know, paying for sex. We don't want them owning guns. We don't want them doing this, that, or the other. I think this is all about controlling poor people. I really do. Poor people who have not harmed other people. I think that is so wrong. I, it, it breaks my heart whenever I read stories about the incarceration rates in our country, all the people who have not harmed other people, but who are victims of the victimless crime laws. It is a disgrace. The biggest threat to civil rights in the history of our country, of course, was slavery, without question. The second biggest, I believe, is the war on drugs. Another victimless crime, as long as you're not harming other people. Look, do I want to see you smoking a, a crack pipe? No. I don't want to see you smoking at all. Period. I don't, I don't even smoke. I used to smoke cigars, but I started coughing. <laughs> and my pulmonary guy said, eh, no more cigars. No more Macanudos. No more uh, Hyde Parks. No more. But if that's what you want to do, I mean, either you're a free person or you're not. And it really comes down to that, doesn't it? Or does it? 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. So, yeah, uh, you can have all your discussions about the Wisconsin's Minority Report program about this correctional officer management profiling for alternative sanctions thing and argue back and forth. That's not the problem. That's not the problem at all. It's the victimless crime laws. That's the problem. So what? He's got a busted taillight. So what? <sighs> Give me a call, and uh, let's uh, let's talk here. Let's see here. Let me start with um, do, 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 um, let's start with Jeff Fox Point here on WTMJ. How you doing there, Jeff? Hey, Dimitri. Jeff. So, by harm, are you talking about merely bodily harm, or can there be like other kinds of harm? Well, there there certainly can be many other types of harm to other people. But if you're not harming other people, if you're simply if you're making a choice that ends up harming just you, then why should you go to prison for it? If you drink too much, if you're an alcoholic, let's say you're an alcoholic, alcohol is legal. Let's say you're a, a roaring alcoholic and uh, you'll drink a, 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 a bottle of Jack Daniels a night. And you're doing tremendous damage to yourself, to your life, to your liver. But if you're not harming other people, should we throw you in prison because you're doing this to yourself? I don't think so. Okay, well, the thing is that, that someone like Bernie Madoff is not committing bodily harm, but he is stealing millions of dollars from of course. people. Of course, yes. ruining a lot of lives. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's not just bodily harm, it's harm. I'm, I'm not quantifying the harm. Any okay. type of harm. Absolutely. Okay. No, Bernie Madoff should, should just rot in hell. There's no question about it. Oh, no question. Not bodily harm at all. 
any kind of harm. And I must tell you, um, and I, I thank you very much for your call, Jeff. I appreciate it uh, greatly. I really wish that more organizations such as the NAACP and other organizations that uh, purport to uh, care about uh, uh, black citizens and Hispanic citizens and all that, I wish more of them would take this libertarian approach to say, you know, it's really the laws that's the problem. It's not the criminals, for the victimless crimes, that is. Um, it's really the laws. That's why we have all these uh, all these problems with our prisons and uh, the, the poor young black lives that have been wasted. They haven't harmed anyone. So, you know, people can get arrested if they if they have a gun. An adult in America can get arrested if he doesn't if his papers aren't in order. If he has a gun, even though he's harmed, no one. Hasn't harmed a fly, but his papers are not in order. Well, you go to prison. Does that sound fair to you? Doesn't sound fair to me. Really doesn't. 414-799-1620. That's the Accunate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dimitri for Jeff, WTMJ. Hey, is the summit between the United States and North Korea truly in jeopardy? Well, John McCure asked that of U.S. Congressman Mark Pocan at 3.20 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Hi, Dimitri Guest hosting for Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us. And I will be talking about uh, Governor Walker uh, floating the idea of splitting up the Milwaukee School District. But gosh, we've got so many people who want to talk about this. Because of this Milwaukee, uh, the, excuse me, the Wisconsin Minority Report here that... Um, they're saying, well, this is racially biased. The, the, the bottom line is that most of our victimless crime laws, not all, but most of our victimless crime laws, target people at the bottom of the food chain. And most, uh, many of our uh, uh, fellow citizens who are black or Hispanic are victims of the victimless crime laws. That's the real problem here. That's the real problem. Somebody comes out of prison and he wants to have a gun for protection or because he likes guns or whatever. If he gets caught with a gun, he goes back to prison. Who did he harm? Who's the victim? The victim is our fellow citizen who just wants to exercise his rights as long as he's not harming somebody else. Who's the victim here? It's, 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 it's heartbreaking what we are doing to poor people in this country with our victimless crime laws. Why should you be pulled over because your taillight doesn't work? Or your headlight? I mean, as long as you're driving your car at a speed limit and you're staying in your lane, why, 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 why would you get pulled over? So you have an expired license. Who are you harming, for heaven's sakes? I, oh, this is so sad. Uh, Jim in Richfield, you're on WTMJ. How you doing there, Jim? Uh, great. I appreciate you bringing this topic up, and it's a very interesting perspective that you bring to this, uh, to this debate. Uh, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you drove down Capitol Drive West, and it was a beautiful neighborhood, even 30 years ago. It's, it's, it's a war zone now. Okay, mm -hmm. it's a war zone. You drive through there, and you're afraid to get. You're going to get carjacked. You might get shot. This letting people get get away with these little offenses isn't going to work. All it's going to do is keep magnifying it and making it worse and making it worse. Which I mean, little offenses are we talking walking, about? Would you walk down Burleigh Avenue, 25th and Burleigh, at 10 o'clock at night with your girlfriend or wife? Would you do that? Um, no, but which, 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 what are we talking about here? Help me understand, which laws do you think we... Uh, I, I would imagine, I would, best, I would guess, 
that 50% of the people that are driving down on Capitol Drive at 25th and Capitol right now don't have a driver's license. And then they get okay. into an accident and they hit somebody and they don't have insurance. Okay, then they take off. Well, now I sit here with no, uh, uh, my car's ruined. The person took off and it, it, it's a mess. So what, okay, so then what exactly is going to be, if somebody is driving with an expired license, just an expired license, mind you. Let's say I forgot to get my license renewed. Let's, let's say, use me as an example. I'm driving Forgot to get my license renewed. I'm driving with an expired license. Who have I harmed? You're going to harm someone because I would imagine if you didn't take care of your license, you don't have insurance. Okay. Well, now no, no, I have insurance. No, 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 no. We didn't talk about insurance. We're talking about a license. If somebody's license has not been renewed, who has he harmed? The the insurance company isn't going to insure anyone if you don't have a license. If the insurance company finds out you don't have a license, they're not going to insure you. Okay. So what about a busted taillight? Is it okay if I'm driving and I have a busted taillight, is it okay for the police to pull me over? Absolutely. It's, it's, who have I harmed? Who, have, who? Yes, but I understand. But who have I harmed? Well, just okay, help me understand say, who I. Who, okay, right. Let's say the other tail light just happens to pop out a day later. Now you're driving around without two tail lights. Right. right. Who have I harmed? Well, here's here's what it is. I come up to a stop sign, uh, and and the person in front of me has two busted tail lights. I don't see them stopping. Well, then I plow right. Into well, Okay. Well, that's because no, no, you were not in control of your, your you were not in control of your car. Because if the same can apply if the taillights were not busted, and if I forgot to turn on my headlights. But once again, it's the last time I'm going to ask you. If I busted taillight and I'm driving around, let me ask the question before you jump down my throat: Who have I harmed? I just told you. If if someone's driving around with two busted old taillights and someone rear-ends them because they don't realize the person in front of them is stopping. Then, then, and I have a kid in my car, and they go flying. Uh, you know, why are you defending people who break the law? Why? I mean, what's wrong? With because, you? because. Well, I, I thank you for your for your call. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to have to turn you loose. I'm defending people who have not harmed other people. I am defending people who are victims of victimless crime laws. Our prisons are full of them, and I think it is a disgrace, a heartbreaking disgrace uh but i thank you for your call actually very uh, very good call let me think about this um i'm gonna take a short uh i'm gonna take a short break here um let's say i have two busted ha- uh, taillights and it's night okay and there's a car behind me that plows into me how is that my fault if you tail you know you you, you run into somebody's car that's on you but let's see now just, just hear me out. Let's say I don't have busted tail, taillights. Both of my taillights work just fine. And it's night. I'm driving. My taillights work just fine, but I forgot to turn on my headlights. Well, again, the same issue applies. You're not going to see my car if you're not paying attention. You plow into my car. You weren't in control of your car. Shame on you. So that's one way of looking at it. I'd like to get your thought. Gosh, everybody wants to talk about this. We're going to have to hold off on this uh, Governor Walker thing. Okay, let me take a short break here. Wow. 
man, do people want to get involved in this one. Uh, Dimitri, for Jeff, thank you so much for listening and calling. I appreciate it. We'll get to as many calls as we can. 414-799-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dimitri, for Jeff, WTMJ. W277-CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio, this is News Radio WTMJ. Dimitri for Jeff. This has been great fun. We'll get to as many calls as we can. Special thanks to my producer today, and very, very, very special thanks to our engineering department. They are um, they are the best. Honest to God, they are the best. Uh, Doug in McMonago, you're on WTMJ. How you doing there, Doug? Hello. I would, Hi. I would What's on like your mind? Know what, you, uh, what do you consider a victimless crime? Is is somebody driving around in a car stolen car? Is that? I mean, he's not harming anyone. Well, no, no, you can't. You're you're harming. Of course, course that's a crime. You're harming somebody else. You're taking a car. Uh, If there is no victim, then typically there is no crime. Okay. So So if you're harming another person, sorry. So a felon walking around with a firearm, as long as he's not harming anyone, no harm, right? It it becomes a crime when he harms someone because he has exactly harming someone. Well, yeah, but again, if he if, if there's a felon, and, and I've got to uh, I've got to turn you loose with that. But thank you very much, Doug. Let me just wrap this up here. And thank you, thank you again for your call. If a person is, has paid his debt to society, he has has done his time. He's a felon or a misdemeanor. He was in prison, comes out, and he wants a gun. I have no problem with him having a gun as long as he does not harm another person. It's called freedom. We should try it sometime, I think. Anyway, thank you uh, so much. Uh, again, uh, producer, engineering department, fantastic, fantastic guys. Hey, Wisconsin's Afternoon News is next. Hey, hey, John, uh, what do you have uh, coming up for us today? Hey, Dimitri, great show. Thank you very much. We've got a lot headed your direction. So the president uses the word animals to describe gang members in California, and some media outlets are reporting that he uses the word animal to describe illegal immigrants. We're going to dive into that uh, with U.S. Congressman Mark Pocan. The Democratic representative is with us coming up at 3.20 on WTMJ. We continue to monitor the Milwaukee Bucks head coaching situation as well. Numerous media outlets reporting that it will be uh, the guy who used to coach the Hawks, Budenholzer. Will it? Will it not? Will the Bucks make the announcement today? It, that is who it is, it looks like. We will have the latest on that for you coming up as we head through the afternoon as well. Plus, we continue to track the church fire story. Aaron Lipsky, Deputy Fire Chief, City of Milwaukee, will be with us live coming up at 4.30. Plus, tickets to the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, a very special show. And we've got two chances for you to win between 3 and 6. The news of the day is straight ahead on WTMJ.